welcome to a basketball recruiting edition of Hang Out in the Holy Land, the official podcast of LandGrantHolyLand.com, your SB Nation site covering all things Ohio State Athletics 24-7, 365. My name is Matt Tamanini. As a reminder, you can get all of the Land Grant Holy Land goodness at LandGrantHolyLand.com, as well as on Twitter at LandGrant33, on Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram as well. You can find me on Twitter at BWWMatt, and today I am joined by one of Land Grant's expert recruiting analysts, Patrick Mayhorn. Welcome, Patrick. Hey, happy to be here. Awesome. You can find Patrick on Twitter at Patrick underscore Mayhorn. Now, Patrick, we are talking today because even though most of Buckeye Nation's attention has been rightly focused on the football team's efforts to find an offense, the past week has been pretty eventful for Chris Holtman and the basketball team. Last Monday, the 2018 Buckeye recruiting class had a total of zero commitments, but by Sunday, they had four top 300 players and ranked ninth nationally with likely one more open scholarship slot. On Tuesday, four-star small forward J. Don Ledee from Houston committed. Then on Wednesday, three or four-star combo guard Dwayne Washington of Chatsworth, California committed. Then on Friday, four-star shooting guard Luther Muhammad announced his pledge to the Buckeyes, and we wrapped up the week on Sunday with Ohio native small forward Justin Ahrens recommitting to Ohio State after rescinding his commitment following Thad Mata's firing. So before we get into each of these individual players one by one, Patrick, in your estimation, what changed for Holtman recently to go from in his first three months on the job, having a commitment who then decommitted and a bunch of other commitments from the Thad Mata era to picking up three big time recruits over the course of just three, three or four days? Well, there's been some there's been some question, I guess, in the fan base about Holtman's recruiting thus far. Obviously, he's landed. Uh, guys like Kyle Young, Musa Jallo in the 2017 class, and had um, Missouri product shooting guard Torrance Washington in the 2018 class committed, and he did commit it about a month ago, recommitted to Missouri. But for the most part, he's just been trying to get his footing. He's been the head coach for a little over four months now, or a little under four months now. And he's just been you know, calling around, introducing himself to recruits, kind of building those relationships. And this is really the first time that there's really been an opportunity for a big commitment boom. And we're seeing it right now. When it comes to recruiting, Holtman knows what he's doing. And it's just he's finally getting to, to show that because he has the time to build these relationships. Now, I know a number of these guys were people that Holtman had reached out to when he was the coach at Butler. But it sounds like from what you're saying that the all of the connections that he had at Butler were not necessarily the same that you would need at Ohio State. Obviously, it's a step up in the level of competition. So was part of that just kind of building a new network of whether it's AAU coaches or high school coaches or even recruits that you just don't have at Butler when you move to a place like Ohio State? Yeah, Holtman has been – Holtman has absolutely been building new – new ties and building new relationships with AAU coaches and high school coaches, especially around the Ohio area. Obviously, he has Butler-based connections in Indiana and even down in Missouri and the Midwest in general. But a lot of these guys that he's recruiting are guys who he was recruiting at Butler, but it's a, it's a whole different story at Ohio State. It's a whole different program that he has to sell. And ultimately, these guys don't commit for the coach. They commit for the program. And that's something that he really has to build up and something that he's doing really successfully right now. All right, so let's get into these guys, Patrick. Let's take them in chronological order of their commitment. First, there was Ladie. He is currently considered the 31st small forward and 115th player in the class overall. And in your impact piece that you wrote for the site, you say that he's a scorer first and foremost and can beat people both off the dribble and by pulling up. 
and that at 6'7", 230 pounds, he's pretty tough on the glass as well. Now, all of that is obviously on the high school and AAU levels. So what do you think he can legitimately provide to the Buckeyes when he gets to Columbus a year from now? Ladie, I think, might be the most instant impact guy of any of the three commits. He's, I don't think his ceiling is as high as a guy like Luther Muhammad or even Dwayne Washington, but he has a very defined skill set, and he's very good at what he does. As a freshman, he was named to a USA Basketball, I want to say U16 team, and since then he's oh, taken... Wow. He's taken some flack because he was thought of as a bit of a one-dimensional scorer. He was really thrived at um, at getting to the basket thanks to his size, and he's kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit recently. But he he's a really talented player. He has, like you said, he has really good size, 6'7", 230. And he's a kind of player that Ohio State really doesn't currently have on their team. He's an aggressive scorer. He's a slasher. He's he's a really physical player and similar to like a power forward, like a true power forward. He's a very very solid rebounder. He's he's got a lot of um got a lot of hustle. He's he's a fun player to watch. And while he's never really going to be a a sharpshooter, he'll bring a lot to Ohio State both on the glass, attacking the hoop, and defensively. He's a he's a defensive threat when it comes to protecting the paint. With a year still of high school to develop, and then obviously when he gets presumably into the Ohio State's weight room probably in the summer of 2018 before the season starts. Do you anticipate him bulking up or even growing into a four, or is he going to stay a three? Because right now, Ohio State's roster has one other 6'7 guy in Kata Bates-Diop. They've got Kyle Young, who's uh, 6'8". They've got Caleb Wesson, Micah Potter, but not all of those guys are quintessential big guys. Those are some some wings who might come down low. Micah Potter, who played center for Ohio State last year, seemed more comfortable shooting the three than rebounding. Do you think that he'll stick in that small forward slot, or do you think that Holman might use him more as a four in a big uh, with the way his team's currently constructed? Well, he's already added about 60 pounds to his frame since his freshman year. He was six foot five, 170 as a freshman, and he's up to 6'7", 230, as I said. And I think that that's a good playing weight for him. He's, he's starting to get comfortable with that. He's really learning how to use his, his physicality to get to the hoop. And when it comes down to it, and once he gets to Columbus, I see him as a bit of a, as a, bit of a tweener. I don't think he has the, the pure athleticism to play a three. And I don't think he has the, I guess, the, just the size to be a, a Big Ten dominant four like we saw with a guy like Evan Ravenel or even like Jared Sullinger. But he has enough athleticism and enough size to play as a bit of a stretch four. Um, not necessarily in the traditional sense where I don't think he'll be stepping out and shooting a lot, but as a guy who can just score out of the off the wings and be a dangerous player despite not really needing to to dribble with the ball or do much other than just catch and drive, which is something that we saw with a guy like David Lighty um, a few years back or something that we see with Golden State Warriors uh, forward Draymond Green. He's most effective off ball. And when it comes down to it, I think 6'7", 230 is the perfect size for him to be playing at. All right. Very cool. So we've got Jadon Ledee looking like potentially the guy who can make the most impact right away. Let's move to the next commit. And that is NBA legend Derek Fisher's nephew, Dwayne Washington. He's a three- or four-star guard, depending on what service you look at. He's 6'3", 190 pounds. All of the services have him listed as a point guard, but I know in the article that you wrote about his commitment, you aren't exactly sure if that's where he would play at the next level, maybe looking to move him off-ball into a shooting guard position. Yeah, I I like a lot of what I see from Dwayne Washington when it comes to, to film stuff and highlights. There's not 
there's not a ton on him because he's moved around. He came from um, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and now he's playing in California. But when he does when he does play, he doesn't seem necessarily like a true point guard as he's defined on most of the recruiting services. He looks he looks capable of running the point and running an offense. He's a he's a decent dribbler. He's a good passer. He's big enough that he can guard point guards on defense, but he doesn't seem to be at his at his best and at his most comfortable running an offense. He's really, really good at scoring off the dribble and off the pass, but he doesn't seem to like to do that when he is the one leading an offense. When he leads an offense, he seems to take kind of a, a back seat to other scorers, which is sometimes what's needed, but I think that he would be at his best as a, as a mid-range shooter and a guy who can kind of create his own shot either on or off ball, which is something that Ohio State really hasn't had in the past couple of years, and they've, that's, that's hurt them a lot, is that they've either had sharpshooters who can't make shots for themselves, or they've had guys who just can't shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but been a lot of that, Patrick. <laughs> yeah. And um, when it comes down to when he actually gets on campus, I don't know if Dwayne Washington will see the court uh, immediately because he has some developing to do when it comes to defense and um, driving to the hoop. But he has he has a really encouraging raw skill set. He's he's got a very nice um, floater that he can that he can throw out there sometimes, similar to uh, like Deshaun Thomas a couple years ago, just launching those things up and they somehow go in. But I like his shot form. I like a lot of the things that he does. I think that this will be a bit more of a developmental guy for Chris Holtman, but that really shouldn't be an issue because that's kind of his specialty. You mentioned that he's moved around a little bit from Michigan to California and not necessarily in terms of development, because obviously that'll depend on the kid and, and what programs he's in. But just from a recruiting standpoint, how does that impact maybe the ratings you get or the the eyes that are on you throughout the recruiting process and through you know kind of the ranking process when you're in a couple of different places and it takes a little time for the people in those areas to know who you are. Yeah, it definitely especially for guys like Dwayne Washington because we see we see some of the top, you know, NBA level talent guys like Marvin Bagley move around a lot. And it really doesn't affect them because people already know who they are and have known for years. But a guy like Dwayne Washington moving around a lot, it, it really does make it difficult for for scouts to see you, for um, recruiting sites to see you. And ultimately, it makes it harder for him to get recognized. And there's less film, there's less information on him, and he becomes more of a you know, more of a potential guy rather than you know what you're getting with him. And I think that certainly the lack of availability hurts his hurts his cause and hurts his rankings but I don't think it hurts his development as a pure player I think you know just playing basketball anywhere these guys can these guys can thrive and improve their game and he's actually going from Grand Rapids to where he is now he's he's upped the the talent level that he's competing against and with and I think that that'll help him in Columbus very cool. Friday night, the biggest commitment, at least in terms of recruiting ranking, and that is New Jersey native Luther Muhammad. He is rated as the 14th best shooting guard in the country and 71st prospect overall. He's 6'4", 185 pounds, and you said in your article that while he has the ability to defeat defenders in a number of different ways, that he's got one of the best shooting strokes in the country. Just how good can Muhammad be for the Buckeyes? This is one of my favorite recruits in the 2018 class, not just Ohio State targets, but recruits, period. I think that he is a legitimate top 25 talent, and I think that he'll prove that with his senior season. Um, he's an extremely skilled scorer, both from outside and inside, either slashing or shooting. 
And while he's not really ever going to be a primary ball handler in college or at the next level if he ends up making it to the NBA, which I think he will, but he's just he's a fantastic shooter and he's just a fantastic scorer. The guy um, averages 25-plus points a game for his first three years of high school. He's been on varsity all three years and will obviously be his, his senior year. And really, it's it's rare that a defender can do anything to even slow him down because he has so many ways that he can score. And his favorite way to score is shooting, shooting from deep, shooting from outside. He's great off of the pass. He hits shots off of screens. He's just he really it's rare to see a miss because he has such a he has such a clean stroke and such a clean shot. And he's so refined as a shooter that he's the kind of guy who can come in and probably not start, but contribute right away. Uh, because of how how specialized he is when it comes to his shooting, and not just offensively but defensively, he's a really really good player. He's good size for a guard at six foot four, one eighty five, and he uses that size both to to find shots to body his defenders off and create separation. But defensively, he knows how to use his use his size and his physicality as well. And ultimately, that makes for a really complete, really talented player. And I said in the the impact piece that he might be the best pure scorer Ohio State has recruited since D'Angelo Russell. And I think I stand by that. D'Angelo Russell was a bit better of a playmaker. And obviously we saw that when it came to running the point and his passing ability. But I think Luther Muhammad is a better pure shooter than D'Angelo Russell was. And D'Angelo Russell was the number two pick um, in the NBA draft a couple years ago. And we saw how fun D'Angelo Russell was shooting the basketball. He wasn't, he wasn't a great outside shooter, but he was – he was serviceable, and I think uh, Luther Muhammad is a significantly better outside shooter than D'Angelo Russell was. Um, if Ohio State can find a, a point guard to run this offense and do it effectively without really needing to score, like what we saw from Aaron Kraft, I think that Luther Muhammad would be at his best running off screens, catching the ball, shooting off passes, and just making plays. He's a pure scorer, and he's a guy who Ohio State can depend on, which is – Really, we haven't seen that since a guy like Deshaun Thomas or LaQuentin Ross. So I take it, despite how excited you are, the fact that you said you don't know that he might start right away, I, I take it that he's not a potential one-and-done kind of player. No. I um, I mean, I've been wrong on one-and-done <laughs> before. D'Angelo Russell really surprised yeah. pretty much everybody, especially Ohio State's coaching staff, but that's a different story. But I think that Luther Muhammad's likely career path is two or three seasons in Columbus before he makes it makes a jump to the next level he has a lot of talent but he will need to I think he'll need to add a little bit to his frame uh six four one eighty five is is good for college but I don't think that he'll be able to make it in the in the NBA as just a shooter and at that size that would all that would be all he is and he needs to um, he needs to develop his dribble moves a little bit. He needs to work at his ball handling, at driving to the hoop. He's a capable scorer when it comes to layups, floaters, scoring inside, but he has a little bit of issue getting to the hoop sometimes, and that's something that he'll work on in Columbus. And I think that until he can score consistently making plays for himself when he has the ball in his hands, I don't think that he'll start in Columbus, which is why I think that sophomore, junior year is when we'll really start to see Luther Muhammad break out. All right, Patrick, so that leaves us with just one more commit from this past week, and that is a guy who probably sounds familiar to a lot of Buckeye fans because, well, he's been a Buckeye commit before, and that is small forward Justin Aarons. He is a three- or four-star guy, depending on uh, the recruiting service that you're looking at, but either way, he is um, a guy that has been a Buckeye before, but he decommitted 
when Thad Mata was fired. He is uh, ranked number 170 nationally, so whether he's three or four stars doesn't really matter. He's a high prospect, number 40 at the small forward position, and number six in Ohio. Nice to see an Ohio guy in there. Now that he is back in the fold, first off, what does he bring to this team? Well, he's a um, he's a talent they really didn't have in this class before. He's a he's a longer player. He's a true small forward, uh, six foot five, one eighty one. He's not he's not really as physical as a guy like Liddy is. He's not he's not massive. He's not a great rebounder, but he's a really good shooter. He's a he's a sharp shooter. He has he has good athleticism. He can get to the hoop, although he's he's at his best when he's shooting. And he's um, he's a good playmaker out of the small forward position. He's never going to be a primary ball ca- or ball handler, obviously, but he's a guy who can who can make plays with um, with his passing game as well as shooting, and that's a really valuable thing to have out of the small forward position, and especially in an offense like Chris Holtman's that's predicated around ball movement and around um, you know spreading it and getting the bo- the most open shots. So he can he can create those shots and knock those shots down. So, obviously, it makes sense why he decommitted when Thad Mata was fired. But what went into getting him back into the fold with the Buckeyes? What did Coach Holtman have to do to sell him on his version of the Ohio State basketball program? Well, he um, he committed he decommitted, as you said, after months of commitment, uh, the day after Thad Mata was fired slash resigned from the uh, head coaching position. He was fired. He was fired. I know you're, I know you're yeah. putting the official spin on it, but he was fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was fired. I was coach speaking the coach I speak. I um, appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> but after Thad Motto was fired, he, he decommitted the next day, um, opened up his options. He looked at uh, Michigan, Dayton, Cincinnati, Xavier. He was really looking. He wanted to stay local. He wanted to stay near Ohio. And... Really, I think the biggest issue was he didn't know how he would fit into Chris Holtman's plan. He hadn't talked to Chris Holtman. He had never met Chris Holtman. And at first, Chris Holtman had not really reached out because I think that there were things that were a bit more important for Holtman and his staff to deal with. And once they started dealing with that, they did reach out to um, they reached out to Justin and they explained to him that they still they liked what he brought to the team. They liked what he brought to the class. They wanted to get him back in the fold they extended an offer in mid-july i want to say july 17th and he started to kind of give ohio state another chance and started to like what holtman sold he was he visited michigan he visited xavier and then this um this past saturday he visited uh he visited campus he went to the ohio state unlv football game he talked with holtman he talked with a lot of people in the buckeye basketball department in general he talked with players and he was sold. He was sold on the chance to play early. He was sold on the system that Holtman wants to run. And really, I don't think that there was ever a time that he didn't want to be a Buckeye. It was just if he was, you know, if he was wanted and if he would have the chance to play. And obviously, he thinks that he will be given that chance. Well, you mentioned one of the reasons that he recommitted was because of the opportunity to play and to play early. By the time that these guys get to Ohio State in the fall of 2018. Current players and mainstays on the team like Jay Sean Tate and Cam Williams will have graduated. They'll be gone. So there will be some room for guards and forwards in the rotation. Considering the current construct of the team, which 
I mean, it's really made up of a lot of young guys and way more walk-ons than you would ever want on a big-time Big Ten team. What is the legitimate expectation for these four guys in terms of playing time when they show up in Columbus next fall? I think that um, Luther Muhammad and uh, Jadon Ladee have probably the best chance to to start as freshmen, although I wouldn't expect either of them to to start, but um, I think Muhammad would have the best chance of any of them to actually start as a freshman. But I think all four of these guys will see rotational minutes, at least um, when it comes to Luther Muhammad, Jadon Ladee, Justin Aarons, and Dwayne Washington. Some obviously more than others. I think some of them, like Lidi and Muhammad, are more developed than others. But all of them bring specific skill sets to Columbus that the Buckeyes really don't have right now. And young talent is young talent. Haltman is in need of talent and in need of players on this team. And these guys fill that role. Um, I think that Justin Aarons and Luther Muhammad's shooting ability will likely see, will likely help them see the floor sooner than anybody. And um, I mean, that's that's good for their development. More playing against real teams instead of just in practice will help these guys get better. And while a guy like Dwayne Washington, who's a bit more of a developmental player, kind of a tweener when it comes to his position, may not see as much time, I think it's fair to expect all of these guys to to play significant minutes as soon as they get on campus. Well, and I think you know part of the way that the team is made up right now because of the roster tumult that went on during and immediately after Thad Mata's uh, reign in Columbus, it it makes sense that there are going to be plenty of holes to fill. And it looks like Holtman is getting guys, whether it's in the 2017 class or the 2018 class, to fill some of those holes that they might not be able to compete right away with the, the big dogs in either the conference or the country, but it looks like they're building a foundation of a program that can compete long term. Yeah, I think it's fair to expect as an Ohio State fan for the team for the next couple of years to feel kind of like a rebuilding team because it is rebuilding. We, yeah. I mean, we saw Ohio State lose a ton of talent in the last you know, four or five years or so, really, since D'Angelo Russell was here. This has not been a, a competing basketball team, and it's fair to expect kind of a, a grace period for, for Chris Holtman and his staff, and that might mean a youth movement and I don't think that's the worst thing to happen. Um, there will be some down seasons. This is not likely going to yield a tournament run for a couple of years, but these guys know that, and they're willing to get in on the bottom floor of what they think is going to be a really good program in a couple of years. All right, so this class currently has four commits with one more slot unless uh, you know something else weird happens. So what does this class still need? I, you know, I think it's probably a point guard is the only thing that they need at this point. So are they looking at just the, the number one position? Are they looking at anything else? And, and really, who are those guys that they are still favoring uh, to try to get into this 2018 class? The um, As you said, they are looking at a point guard. I think that that's pretty much all they're looking at right now. That's the biggest hole on the team. They're going to be losing C.J. Jackson. After this season, there's not really a true point guard in the class right now. Dwayne Washington is more of a combo guard. But um, they're looking at three main point guards. They're looking at Elijah Weaver from Oldsmar, Florida. He's 6'4", 195, high four-star, nearly a five-star point guard. A guy who really is hard to it's hard to get a read on him right now. He's looking at a lot of schools. He's looking at USC, looking at Ohio State looking at a, a school like Gonzago or uh, Xavier even. He's, he's got a pretty big list. But um, I, think that, I think that he's Ohio State's top 
target right now remaining on their board. But behind him, they have Noah Locke, point guard from Maryland. 6'2", is a bit more of a playmaking point guard, whereas Elijah Weaver is a bit more of a pure scorer. Uh, but Noah Locke can make make some serious plays with his ball handling ability, his passing ability. He's, I think he's a bit more natural when it comes to running an actual offense rather than scoring from the point guard position, which might be what Ohio State needs. But he's another guy who's kind of hard to get a read on right now. And another guy who actually seemed like he was going to be in the 2017 class for a while, he was considered to be a candidate for reclassifying, is a combo guard IMG product, Eric Ayala, who uh, 6'5", 180, is another four-star, number 75 player in the country. Um, for a while there, it really looked like he was going to be in the 2017 class, similar to what we saw with a guy like Musa Jallo, who did, um, I want to say he did reclassify from 2018 to 2017. Yeah, That's to correct, get in. Yeah. Yeah, to get into Columbus earlier and you know see some early playing time, but Eric Ayala ultimately opted um, opted not to do that, and I think that his chances to be a Buckeye went down quite a bit when he when he opted to you know remain in the 2018 class. I see him more as a as a Syracuse lean now, so I think that Elijah Weaver and Noah Locker, the two likely guys that Ohio State has an actual chance at. And my prediction for how Ohio State finishes this class out is with um, Elijah Weaver. So Elijah Weaver is is who you've got crystal balled into that last scholarship spot for the Buckeyes. He's the number 35 player in the country. So obviously he's a guy that the Buckeyes want. But how long do they wait? I mean, if Noah Locke says tomorrow, you know, I want to be a Buckeye, are they going to say, well, you got to wait? Or, or what's how long do you anticipate them waiting to see if Weaver does decide he wants to come to Columbus? I think that they're I think that they're willing to wait a while for um for Elijah Weaver. He was on campus a couple weeks ago. He visited on September 9th. Um but right now Ohio State's in his top 4. They're solidly in his top 4 and along with USC, Florida and Oklahoma State. And I I think it's fair to to say that they're in this until the end and they're willing to wait it out. Um they're very high on his talent as a player. Um, they think that this is a guy who could maybe unlike some of the other commits in this class who could come in and would probably start immediately and I don't think there's really any question about that he's he's extremely talented this is a guy who if he if he pans out how they think he might this could be a one and done guy and obviously that's not really what you want from college coaching (laughs) standpoint he's he's that talented and Ohio State has not had a guy like that since D'Angelo Russell but I think that he does have the talent that they're willing to wait that out. And I don't think that they would turn down a Noah Locke commitment, but I think these guys are on similar timelines. And if it comes down to it, they will take Weaver over Locke. Yeah. And, and you know, like we talked about, Holtman is trying to build a program here. And even if you get a guy like Weaver for just one year, having a guy like Weaver for a year can go a long way in, you know, in upping the prestige of the program with a new coach and trying to rebuild after a few down years with that Mata. Yeah. I mean, if you wait, it's the, the way to get a program back on, back on top and back in people's minds is by winning games. And you do that with talent. It's, Ohio State's not in a position to turn down talented players right now, and even if it is just a one-year guy, 
there's no reason to say no to that because the more games you win, the more interested players like that will be in coming to Columbus. Yeah, and there's been rumors recently of the NCAA and the NBA kind of collaborating on refining these rules again. So who knows? Maybe it won't be a one-and-done rule after uh, the 2018-2019 season. Who knows? That thing's so messed up anyway, but that's a whole other podcast episode. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. All right, Patrick, thank you so much. We will have links to all of Patrick's impact pieces for the commits from last week in the show notes and in the article at landgrantholyland.com. So you can check those out if you want a more in-depth look at these players. You can also get Patrick at Patrick underscore Mayhorn on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at BWWMATT. So thanks for listening to this basketball recruiting episode of Hangout in the Holy Land. You can find all episodes of the podcast on LandGrantHolyLand.com, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your daily dose of podcasts. So for Patrick Mayhorn and everyone at Land Grant Holy Land, I'm Matt Timonini, and we'll talk to you soon. Go Bucks.